You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM, the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome back to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. The time is exactly 8.34 on this beautiful Thursday morning here in Chicago, but I think they're talking rain later on. And um, 312-255-8408. Mark, that was a great first half of the program yes. we had with uh, the core bishop Very and Tom Bema. We have even a, another great second half lined up. Take it away, Mark. Our guest... During this half of our program, first, Dr. Dan Olson, who's the director of the Office of Ecumenical Interreligious Affairs for the Archdiocese of Chicago, and Dr. Marcia Hermanson, who is the director of the Islamic World Studies Program and professor in the theology department at Loyola University. Go she, Ramblers. Go Ramblers, again, where yep, she, go Ramblers. she teaches courses. <laughs> I'm trying to be serious, please. <laughs> in Islamic, Islamic studies and the academic study of religion. She's an accomplished author um, and a tremendous leader in this field. And then Dr. Scott Alexander, who's a, a professor of Islamic studies, Christian-Muslim relations at Catholic Theological Union in Chicago, where from 2000 to 2020, he served as founding director of the school's Catholic-Muslim studies program and most importantly, most importantly, as grandpa of five, his oh, wife of 36 years and is Karen Lewis Alexander. She's vice president of development, Chicago Children's Museum. The most important part for me. Together, Karen and he are expecting their first grandchild Yay. in June. <laughs> Inshallah, in God willing. Inshallah. Well, yeah. welcome. Welcome, Dan. Welcome, uh, Dr. Marcy and Dr. Scott, welcome to Catholic Thank Chicago. You. Good morning, Jen. Dan. How Great are you? you? It's been a while since I've seen you, Dan. Yeah, it has. Um, good to hear your voice and see you online, Greg. Um, Father Greg, hope you're doing well. Well, yeah, you know this whole this, the pandemic has been hard on everybody, and mm -hmm. uh, but hopefully we're beginning to uh, see light at the end of the tunnel, and you know it'll never be quite normal. But uh, you know, I always tell people God is with us, and God will see us through. And maybe a good way to begin this uh, discussion, first we have a you know, real all-star lineup here this morning. Uh, can you speak about your understanding of the significance of Pope Francis's recent trip to Iraq for Muslim-Catholic relations? Who would like to uh, lead that one? I could start us off if that's fine with Kick you. Kick us and off, I'd, Dan. I'd like to amplify the Go Ramblers as a graduate of Loyola. Um, I just want to add to that. <laughs> In fact, uh, Mark is... You are, right. I am. We're all at, and of course, uh, Dr. Marcia is a professor there, so she's a she's a go rambler too. Exactly, definitely. Um, more to the point, though. Um, <laughs> I want to speak about what I heard Tom Bama speak about in the first program, namely the relational approach that the uh, Pope was trying to model for Catholics and others. You know, he often welcomes people at the Vatican, but he's made 
real strong point of going out into the world, meeting people where they are. And his visit to the Grand Ayatollah al-Sistani kind of opened up in a new way a dialogue with the uh, Shia population. Um, He's often visited the Al-Aqsa Mosque and and the Sunni population, which is the majority. Um, But it was real telling that he made a point to visit the Grand Ayatollah. He was very well received there. And so that was another gesture, and I believe the Cardinal mentioned that in his reflection earlier. Um, one other thing I might mention, and I'd be interested to hear the thoughts of the other guests, um, he visited the plain of Ur, which is the historic birthplace of Abraham. And I think he was trying to draw attention to our common heritage in Abraham as Jews, Christians, and Muslims, and I think that was another historic um, gesture that he did to bring attention to that fact. Dr. Marcia, any comments on Pope Francis' recent trip? And then Dr. Scott? Yeah, if you'll bear with me, I'll I'll make a a slightly longer comment. Um, So so preparing for today's interview, I did some Googling, and, you know, Papa will visit to the Middle East. And by chance, I pulled up an article from May 2001 about the visit of then-Pope John Paul II, to the Umayyad Mosque in Damascus. Mm -hmm. And that was apparently the first papal visit to a mosque. So what I'd like to draw our attention to and reflect on is how much has changed Mm -hmm. in just 19 years. Like, think, first of all, on the positive side, I think the idea of a papal visit to a Muslim country or a pope going to a mosque, is no longer, what, odd, strange. I mean, mm-hmm. it's important, but it shows that I, over over the past, <laughs> over a decade, there's been a lot more interaction with Muslims, and especially the current Holy Father has given so much more attention to Muslims at all levels, mm-hmm. from the refugees in Italy you know, washing the feet of Syrian refugees or, um, you know, engagement with uh, Sunni Muslims and now Shi Muslims. So, so that's a big move. But let me quickly remind us from May 2001, what has happened between the West and Islam, right? So 9-11, the war on terror, mm-hmm. the wars in Iraq, the Arab Spring, the civil wars and deterioration in multiple countries, and especially Syria, and the rise of ISIS. So this kind of shared, you know, part of the, the, the rubric for the trip was the martyr church. But one could also say, you know, the devastated Middle East. So I think responding to that, um, to that cry and to this, you know, upheaval uh, crisis uh, is uh, part of the significance of this trip. How about your thoughts, Dr. Scott? Yeah, I agree completely with uh, Marcia's observations. They're they're very important. And in fact, to add to, um, you know, the sense of kind of an enormous change in transition, uh, you know, both the impact of, you know, these, these horrible sort of events that have torn at the fabric of the human family, but then you know, the response of, of people like uh, Pope Francis to this. 
Uh, you know, w- when uh, Pope Francis issued his encyclical Fratelli Tutti, uh, you know, uh, siblings all uh, on the Feast of St. Francis uh, last year, in October in 2020, um, you know, he, he talks about how uh, his inspiration for writing Laudato Si was the Orthodox patriarch, um, the ecumenical patriarch Bartolomeo uh, in Istanbul, and his encounters with him and discussions he had with him about uh, the sacredness of the environment and the need to care for God's creation. And he says, you know, the, the inspiration uh, behind this encyclical uh, on, on human fraternity uh, is my friend, uh, the Grand Imam of Al-Azhar, uh, Ahmed Tayyip. And, um, you know, I, it, it's buried kind of in the, you know, just the third or fourth paragraph of that document. Um, but it's, it's really significant mm-hmm. uh, for a pope uh, to say uh, that an encyclical letter uh, is inspired by his friendship uh, with a Muslim colleague, uh, with, a, with an important Muslim religious leader. Those are great comments. Um, uh, you know, Dan, we were on the program the last time. I'm going to ask a very elementary question. You answered it so beautifully. But again, because we have many new listeners from the last time you were on the program. We hear the word Muslim. We hear the word Islam. Differentiate what is the difference between the two? Well, in my understanding, Islam is a religion, and a Muslim is a practitioner of that religion such that, you know, you know like a Christian is a mm-hmm. practitioner of the Christian faith. So it's, mm-hmm. it's the religion compared to the, the person or believer. Hey, if I, correct me if I'm wrong. No, you get an A for that one, Dan. Uh, oh. <laughs> I, I didn't see too many of those, you could, you could, Scott. You no, could take, you you take it a few... You can take it a few steps further because, you know, uh, they come from the same root. Um, it's the same root in Arabic uh, that evokes a sense of, of security and the integral wholeness of everything, salam, peace. Uh, the word Islam uh, literally means uh, the, the surrender of one's, one's life to God, placing God at the center of one's life, the unique center of one's life. Um, and the word Muslim uh, is for a person who engages in the practice of that, that surrender of one's life to God, the well, placing of God at the center of one's life. So Scott, they're really... I just, yeah, I just, Scott, I just gave you an A. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Take us to break, Mark. It's a different kind of A. Um, WNTC, 750 AM on your dial, Catholic Chicago. Our number is 312-255-8408. We'll be back in a few minutes to continue our conversation with Dr. Dan Olson, Dr. Marcia Hermanson, and Dr. Scott Alexander. I'm going to ask when we come back, um, I'm going to bring up our zip code, and then I'm going to ask you to reflect on the diversity in our neighborhood. And, and how, do we, how do we live out understanding this dialogue? Charities staff members work every day to end poverty and homelessness. We do this on a one-to-one basis with anyone who asks for help. We also work with organizations who study these issues across our city, state, and nation. The Wilson-Sheehan Lab for Economic Opportunities, or LEO, at the University of Notre Dame is one of these research centers. 
Through our partnership with LEO, Catholic Charities has gained valuable insights into scientific evaluation methods that determine the most effective interventions to help people avoid poverty and homelessness. Along with our experience and compassion, Trusted Research is helping Catholic Charities offer hope and so much more to anyone in need. For more information, visit catholiccharities.net. Hello, I'm Cardinal Blaise Supich. I got my COVID-19 vaccination and you should too. It took just a few seconds and was painless. The Food and Drug Administration determined the new vaccines are safe and effective. And the Holy See, as well as the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops has concluded getting the COVID-19 vaccine is an act of love of our neighbor and part of our moral responsibility for the common good. We have lived with the pandemic for many months, and I know we're all getting tired of it. Vaccination is one of the most important ways you can protect your health and the lives of those you love and help bring the pandemic under control. When it is your turn, I urge you to be vaccinated. And remember, to do your part by wearing a mask, washing your hands, and watching your distance. Thank you, and God bless you all. back, WNDZ 750M on your dial, Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408. We're speaking on Catholic-Muslim relations with Dr. Dan Olson, Dr. Marcia Hermanson, Director of Islamic World Studies at Loyola University, and Dr. Scott Alexander, Director of the Doctor of Ministry Program, CTU. My question, it's a little probably off-centered, but I think it probably might be where a lot of folks are. We live in the 60659 zip code. It's probably, I think, statistically the most diverse zip code in the city, which means we, you know, we go to Aldi's, we see everybody. Everybody shows up. Our daughter's special needs, she's 27. She grew up in that neighborhood. She doesn't see the differences in people. She just sees people. But how, how do we, in terms of neighborhood folks how how do we connect with this dialogue and make it um, real i'd like to I, i'd like to respond to that um because i think it's a, it's a great question um you know one of the things that we you know we walk away from the pope's extraordinary visit to iraq from is you know that this is this is a great moment in christian muslim relations but if you look more deeply into the kinds of things the pope was talking about there um, you know, he was talking about solidarity with those most on the margin, and that this is actually the proper end uh, of all dialogue, because the dialogue that God wants to have with humanity is a dialogue of redemption and wholeness and reconciliation for the whole human family. And in fact, um, you know, one of the Pope's inspirations for going to Iraq was Nobel Peace Prize winner uh, Nadia uh, Murad, who uh, she won the Nobel Peace Prize in 2018 and wrote a book called The Last Girl. Mm -hmm. um, and she's Yazidi. She's not Muslim. 
Um, Yazidis are uh, uh, a minoritized population in Iraq, and they're neither Muslim nor Christian, um, and they suffered greatly uh, w- with the rise of ISIS. Uh, and, and she was one of the, these young women who was um, enslaved, uh, you know, by, by ISIS. And, and and the Pope talked a lot about uh, in his in his remarks at war. He talked a lot about the examples of of young Iraqis who who came together uh, across traditional uh, religious lines in solidarity um, to help heal the nation. Uh, he talked about you know uh, uh, young Muslim volunteers in Mosul who helped repair churches and monasteries. You know, kind of lifting up this spirit of human fraternity. And then when he diagnosed what the problem was, um, he was making reference back to Fratelli Tutti, where he said, um, no one is saved alone. Still, the temptation to withdraw from others is never ending. Mm-hmm. Yet at the same time, we know the notion of everyone for himself will rapidly degenerate into a free-for-all that could prove worse than any pandemic. That's and so what he's talking about is, and so here in Chicago, right, here in the United States, you know, we're riven by divisions. I think the Pope would say ultimately have their root um, in, in, in greed, uh, in the perpetuation of poverty, in the structures of systemic racism. And so what we need to do in the dialogue here in Chicago, it needs to be done in the dialogue in Iraq, the dialogue everywhere is for people of different faiths to dig deeply into the treasure of their faith tradition and say, how do we work together uh, for those who are on the margins, for those who are oppressed, and for those who struggle for their liberation? That's a great response, Scott. In fact, along those lines, uh, Marcy, as a Muslim scholar, uh, share with our listeners your experience of teaching Islamic studies at a Catholic university, Loyola. Yes, well, certainly the uh, Catholic universities, and specifically the uh, the Jesuit schools, mm-hmm. have um, ha- have increasingly hired um, Muslims to be part of their theology departments and religious studies departments. So there's almost a kind of informal association of Muslims teaching Islamic studies at Catholic universities. And there is an increasing presence, like one of those Jesuit universities in um, in Michigan, I think is pretty well majority Muslim in the student body, or at least something like 35%. Um, Loyola, well, of course, um, Georgetown and Loyola uh, both have significant Muslim enrollment and a significant presence of Islamic studies in the curriculum. So I think in a university, in a Catholic university context, um, there, there are several contexts where we could talk about Catholic um, um, Muslim relations. For example, in the curriculum, you know, does the university um, have space in the curriculum for diverse subjects, diverse religions, diverse ethnicities, um, and, of, and, and uh, addressing race? And of course, the Catholic universities. So many all across America, institutions and universities are trying to address systemic racism. And the Catholic universities and, of course, the Jesuit social justice mission um, demands um, that they be at the forefront. But that's not a new thing. This um, interest and focus has been increasing for a number of years. Now, besides curriculum, 
There's also what we might call the pastoral component or the hospitality component of increasingly having Muslim chaplains. So aside from the academic um, presence of Muslims in the curriculum and as professors, there are now Muslim chaplains at many Catholic universities who um, minister not, not only to Muslim students, but in an interfaith you know, an interfaith capacity, because, of course, chaplaincy has become increasingly, you know, a, an interfaith a mission. And well, then there may be specific dialogue activities. Well, and part of it is, now, you take that thought and move it to Dr. Alexander. As a Catholic scholar, you're at CTU. Uh, you're teaching Islamic studies. You're having an impact on future religious order you're talking about you're talking with and teaching potential or maybe present leaders in religious communities uh, what are your what are your thoughts about that in terms of the impact of what you're doing yeah well I, you know it's it's been extraordinary i think in part you know the, the program began like our elder sister program the catholic jewish studies program which is as old as the school is, in response to the call of Nostra Aetate, really, um, you know, to reach out in fraternity to and build bridges with our uh, sisters and brothers of other faiths, especially Jews and, and Muslims. Um, I'm thrilled that uh, over the past year we've been able to hire a young Muslim scholar as a full-time faculty member uh, at CTU. He's the first full-time Muslim scholar at CTU, and he is now director of the Catholic Muslim Studies Program. Oh, and, and this is very important because we have had Muslim adjunct professors and Muslim students at CTU for the last 20 years, for the entire existence of the program. And um, the, the presence of, of, of Muslims, it, you know, as, as teachers, as, as colleagues, as co-learners in the lives of our students, our Catholic students who are studying for various degrees in ministry, particularly our seminarians. Uh, who come from all over the world and who are going to be ministering in a variety of different contexts all over the world. To be able to say, as uh, one uh, passionist priest uh, said after he graduated, you know, he said, uh, I, I, can, um, I, I can begin a sentence that, 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 that sort of every Catholic priest uh, can begin, but I can end it in a way that very few can. Mm. And I said, how's that? And he said, well, the beginning of the sentence is, um, when I was in seminary, um, and the end of the sentence is, my Muslim colleagues and professors used to say. Wow. Yeah, that, would, that would be quite unique. And, mm-hmm. uh, and just in the last minute and a half here, uh, Dan, I need to ask you a question. You've been doing this ministry for a long time. Your Dive Chicago is, um, what for you personally has been an inroad that you have seen since you started this ministry? Um, with this work. Maybe I want to build on some earlier things that, that Scott and Marcia said. And part of it is, in this particular year, I want to think about, in during pandemic, it, it reminds us we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it affects us all in the same way. And we need to find new ways of working together. It's also exposed the inequalities ever more clearly in our society based on race and, and other things. Um, so can we come out of this time that we're in right now uh, with a forged unity around some of these things that we're seeing? Um, I think that's the present moment. The change I'm seeing is our people of faith, our, our, our goodwill actors, willing to come together in new ways to solve these age-old problems. So moving forward, you're hopeful. I am. I, 
I, I think I really am that, that there are, I'm seeing new things that we're, we're finding new people reach out to our office wanting to collaborate. We're, we're seeing a lot more of that right now than I recall when I first started in the office. We need to bring the program to a close. We want to thank in a very special way Dr. Dan Olson, Dr. Marcia Hermanson, and Dr. Scott Alexander for joining us here on the program this morning, Catholic Chicago. We could have gone with this segment another three or four hours and just <laughs> talking about this. So thank you very much for joining us, and uh, God bless in the work that you do. And especially Thanks. for uh, Dr. Marcia Hermanson, go Ramblers! Yes, right. this go, Saturday go, go on State. So special, <laughs> special thanks and, and, and go grandchildren and, and Grandpa and go, Al, Grandpa and, and Alexander, have a day, everyone. And Grandpa, Grandpa Scott, Scott. And Grandpa Scott, and uh, thank you to co-host Mark, Grandpa <laughs> Teresi, <laughs> and the great work of our uh, producer engineers Michael May, Brian Hockey, Hitman Brock. Thank you for joining us here on Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, seven fifty a.m. God bless all of you. Have a wonderful weekend. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.